Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his pal, Dave Damashek. Extra Points Podcast, Cousin Sal coming to you with his good, good pal, Dave Damashek. Check, I haven't talked to you since Friday, and they went along and they did the they did the kickoff for the, all the games, except for the Thursday game. Wait a second, what? Yeah. I thought it was week zero. They did it. No, no, no. No, week Are one. we in week zero, or was that week zero? Because we have 16 games left, and so it, yeah. it trips me up a little bit. I'm trying to determine how much I need to react to what we saw on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I uh, took in all the action there, Sal. But the big news is this is our first extra points seated, in, uh, seated together. It's our first time. We've been doing this for, yeah. what, uh, 14 months now? Right. It's our first time getting to sit across from one we another found, in our fancy uh, new offices. This, this place, is the we, best. Yeah, we're paying like $180 a month or something. They give us snacks. <laughs> like baby face Joel Solomon puts down like eight uh, TGA Friday's potato skin chips. I didn't even know they had those still. They made the expiration date, I think, is 1996, but he didn't care. He's uh, we're getting our rent money back just there. But yes, we have. Uh, He's uh, above the law. We all are. Sal, did you see all the food around us out here? There's a there's a there's a Shake Shack right outside our door. We're this is dynamite. We're getting kicked out. Also dynamite. Martin Weiss is joining us. Like you know, I said. I know. Said, him. Check. We're not yes. cool enough. What can we do? Should we take? We try to get cool. Like no, no, no. Let's just bring Martin Weiss on. I mean, Let's that was probably the smart play. Yeah. Honestly, you know, if you just wanted to add youth, exuberance, and just a general cool factor to okay. the podcast, I'm your guy. I mean, Eddie Spaghetti sitting here, right so here, though. I mean, <laughs> I, I've, ultimately, it's a knock on Eddie Spaghetti that he's not he's not sufficiently cool. He's supposed to represent the 20-somethings. Well, I did reference him. You know, he, he, I got nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie's very nothing. busy. He's like Big fan of Eddie Spaghetti. Wires you know. uh, around his neck right now trying to get us out. Uh, he's Mark, trying to hang himself after the Giants oh. game. Oh, We'll talk about that. Martin uh, hosts Lemon Pepper Parlay every week with TJ Hushmanzada. You can look for that Wednesdays, those posts. Looking like Wednesdays right now. Yeah, that's today, right? Uh, also very exciting. If you like Martin Weiss, that would be enough, right? Like we could celebrate that in mm-hmm. the new office. Mookie Wilson. Yes, he's coming on. He's coming uh, on, Shaq. Sal, listen. Interview him. Let me say this to you. Big part, I'm, I'm, let me just oh, say, the, he and his 86 Mets teammates, parts three and four tonight, once upon a time in Queens, ESPN, 8 p.m. Eastern tonight, but in a matter of a half hour, he will be speaking with us. Well, I'm basking in the reflected glory um, for you and for Kimmel and for mm. everybody with that great documentary. I watched parts one and two on uh, what was Tuesday night, mm-hmm. just just gangbusters. It really was uh, splendid stuff. The the found video from the 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 music, the pop culture in New York. It's like what four hours of documentary about this. It it, it, it by the end of it, it was like, oh, this isn't nearly enough. I I, I could right. watch uh, I could watch uh, ten times this amount. But anyway, muzzle tough to you. It was really neat to see executive. I know that's not the point ultimately uh, for the viewer, but. Cool to see. Executive producer, yeah. Sal Iacono. No, that is the point. That's exactly Oh, it is. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I want to give uh, Nick Davis 110% of the credit. I mean, we this was a, whatever, he had to file through a massive amount of footage. And he go check out the Ted Williams documentary if you haven't already. He was responsible for that, too. But um, it was a six-and-a-half-hour cut, the first one. And we're like, he's like, what, what do we get rid of? Like, um, just keep adding stuff. It's so hard to get it down to four hours, which isn't even four. It's four TV hours, so it's even less there. But uh, I know. was thinking, though, it's as far as that goes, um, I, I know we have a lot of football and everything else to make our picks on today, but 
how much as an executive producer? Pull back the curtain for those who, who don't know. Like, what were you like, I really think this new wave song would really play in this spot over uh, Keith Hernandez? There was a lot of uh, My cousin Jimmy is crazy about music. Yes, and, and you are too music. about that that era of music. That's why I would think you guys yeah. are like, I think this song well, would really work. Yeah, sure. We had, first of all, there's only so much budget in terms of how much you could, how many songs you can get. So Beastie Boys seemed perfect for the time and everything. And then there was the old. The opening song waits, and we—I don't know—we went back and forth, but just like, just like music stings and stuff, like Jimmy's crazy about it. We, it ended up being pages and pages of notes based on something we loved. It's like I feel weird giving notes on Breaking Bad, like uh, maybe the sister-in-law wore too much purple, but but it's it's a dumb, right? It, this was a great thing, and we're very proud. And when I say proud, Nick Davis again uh, put it together, and I just love it. I, I just felt. Going in, I was like, why? It just can't be too highlighty, right? Like, uh, of course, every great team can show a million highlights over 162 regular season games plus playoff games. But I think it's got so much for anyone who's into drugs and, and uh, sex and, and clubhouse. That's Martin, open your ears, ears, man. This is right on my wheelhouse. This is where you jump in. Yeah, now. this is right on my wheelhouse. Yeah. Let's <laughs> say sex, drugs. It's I, I I love it and it gets even better in three and four. And we're going to talk to Mookie Wilson. I'm going to tell you something, Shaq. I think that play with Bill Buckner underrated. In the annals of uh, baseball history, and we're going to discuss it. I'll I'll prove to <laughs> Is you. Is that right? I'll prove to you that yeah, that was an integral part of this Mets. Uh, oh, this Mets so listen, I just don't want to sing too many songs, but yes, the pop culture <laughs> stuff around it, New York City, the rise yeah. of the Metropolitans from the early days, Seaver, and all of that, and it doesn't play as though. And as I talk about that, I could I could imagine somebody saying like. Yeah, I'm a Detroit Tigers fan. What do I care? But no. it it there somehow it uh, absorbs you if you're a sports fan at all. That that feeling of being a fan of your favorite team and what it must have been for you to be what you know, 15, 15 yeah. years old when so when your team does it is is just great. And then yet it's so unrelatable when someone like Daryl Strawberry tells a story about how he would you know the the, the groupie in the first row and she's waving to him and he directs the um, bat boy to like hey have her meet me in the tunnel in the third inning. And like that's a Martin, what goes on there? Could, uh, have you ever had anything even close to that? No, but our good friend, Rob Parker was covering <laughs> that team. So I have some stories of what happened in the 86, Same the 86 thing. Mets. Yeah. I don't think he was, you know, going down there in the third inning. He was probably watching from the clubhouse. I mean, watching from the uh, press box rather, but right. he told me some of these stories of guys doing all types of ridiculous things yeah. that I would have loved to see them try to get that off in the social media era. Yeah. Because I feel like by the – all right, she goes down there third inning, Mookie goes down to the locker room. By, like, mm. the seventh inning, everybody knows what happened, right? Oh, yeah. No, that, none of that sort of thing goes on anymore. <laughs> what, what are you <laughs> well, talking about I'm in just, the social media area? I think, I think, I think some guys are still, uh, you know, playing the field a little bit. I just can't imagine with the, the amount of Twitter detectives that are out there in the world, somebody would have seen this woman disappear and correlated yeah. the two. And by, like, four the, days or later – the woman a, would report it. You know, like <laughs> that, that that's the other thing. But yeah, that there's I was thinking about that and I talked to that with my cousin Jimmy about that. Like Keith Hernandez for having a drug problem, it it would be more acceptable today. Whereas back then it was like, oh no, he's going on a tour and he's gonna get booed because it came out. So, so certain things were more you know, like there was less tolerance and certain things there was more tolerance and you, you can get away with because... Right. Peter Uberoth, the commissioner at the time, yeah. was like, we're cleaning it up and it was right. really the same. It reflected like some of the stuff you hear commissioners talk about wringing their hands about like 
our fans have had it, our players have had it, all that kind of stuff. Like, really? What? Because because of drugs? That's yeah. weird. That would be uh, like uh, not even make the top ten uh. in the twenty first century. But so many great insights that Gary Carter, who I, from the outside I thought he was, you know, the the leader of the team, and you realize, yeah, kind of guys were making fun of him and right. having some fun around that. I mean, that, that, it really was. Um, it was Terrific. marvelous stuff. Kevin Mitchell, L- Lenny Dykstra, the personalities, captivating. It gets better, except for Astros and Red Sox fans tonight. Um, that's most of the focus on episodes three and four. Um, hey, you should focus on the Extra Points Arcade if you like free stuff. And if you like to compete, various contests. It's actually extrapoints.com slash arcade. I want to announce our winners, Sergio Gomez and Reed Anderson tied for first in our Pick'em contest. Right now, there's like four contests up, Jack. There's our Pick'em contest mm-hmm. where the NFL, all the games, you just pick them very simple against the spread. Uh, you go head-to-head. Those two will go head-to-head in week two to determine a winner because we can't give them two hats. Are you kidding me? You get a gold hat, Jack, for winning these contests. We have the NFL Pick'em. We have the Prop Culture Emmy Edition. Yes, the Emmys are this Sunday. You fill out one through ten. There's a little quiz. Uh, lead actress in a comedy series. Will she cry? When she wins the award, I don't know. You decide. Um, and we had our prop quiz winner last week. There's 10 props. It's like Brady or Mahomes who will have more passing yards, even though they're not going against each other. Hundreds of people entered this first week, and Dave Damashek was the winner. Well, did you, you know. know. Did you even know that? Am I, telling, am I breaking Why the that's bad is it's sort of like <laughs> if you watched, uh, if you watched the, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. The mm-hmm. scary thing for everybody should be, Hey, that defense is going to be good, and then the offensive line's going to get in shape, and then you're really in trouble, everybody. Right. You know that that that's kind of the way. Like that's Damashek making predictions in week one. Like I'm not Neo. I'm Neo, as I've told you. Like you like are I, or you're not Neo. No, I am Neo. Okay. Because I'm like you know I don't know how to fly a helicopter. I need to learn. Like boop 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 boop. Absorb the info. Bang. Now I can fly a helicopter. That'll be around week six. In the meantime, you can count on Damashek. He's still going to deliver more winners than otherwise um but uh but yes i I, i'm excited to get into week two of this of all of them and win again i feel bad doing it though dot com slash arcade lots of fun free stuff you get a yellow hat you get like the like the pirates in the documentary yesterday. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, he's got uh, some looks at the old yeah, flat top uh, Bucko's hat. Oh, so I, I could talk about that for another four hours. Well, let's move to Watch the, the documentary, and you and I will talk about okay. sports that are current. I have a feeling we're going to talk about the Steelers for four hours now because they pulled off the win. Big upset. Biggish upset there. Almost a touchdown underdog to the Buffalo Bills. For most, it was a foregone conclusion that Orchard Park would, um, you know, the Bills would rise to the occasion. The Steelers would be rusty. Uh, and a little, it was a little bit, I don't want to go back too far, but down ten, up 10-6, ten, they go for it on fourth and one. That defense is just going to keep you in every game, right? But you must feel good about the AFC North. Steelers win, Browns lose, Ravens lose in spectacular fashion. Bengals pull out a... a a nice one. Well, I think it's coming together here. You know, Spaghetti and I were joined by our pal Nick Costos, big Giants fan on minus three. I encourage you to listen to that because it was a good one. And we did, you know, everybody's reacting um, probably a little or, or, or reading a little bit too much into what we saw in week one. There's still 16 games like we talk about. Um, we called it Mulligan 
time. Like, take a mulligan. You were wrong about a team. I wasn't wrong about the Ravens. I don't. I. I don't know, man. I think I, uh, they're going to win. Lamar Jackson on the force of his greatness. They're going to win nine games. I would say, but I don't think that's a playoff team this year. That's and, tough. I want to talk discuss with you which playoff team from last year that's zero and one is closest to the panic button. So now there are four, five, six. There are eight. That's a lot. Eight playoff teams from last year who are zero and one. Packers. Washington team, Bears, Bills, Titans, Ravens, Browns, Colts. AFC North teams aside, a lot of those teams playing bum divisions. Like, I'm not saying Colts don't really need to hit the panic button, and neither do the Titans, neither does Washington or the Packers. Well, I'll give you, I mean, the, the Bills. Bear. You take the Bills. The Bills have to play the Dolphins. So if they're two games that, behind the Dolphins after week two, so that's it, the one. You know, I, I something that we definitely talk about too much, and I definitely perpetuate the conversation over the last te- a decade uh, myself, but this weird lack of a coaching tree for Belichick, the, the guy who is best uh, positioned to, to, um, to have success on his own is Brian Flores down there. I do think that he can circle this game and say, man, I know we have a long season to go, but if we have two division wins here, Right out of the gate, um, yeah. That you know, I think I agree. Quite a head start, eh? Bills are only favored by minus uh, by three and a half on uh, Fandle. Sports it's because they, there. as much as you need a game in mid September, the right. Bills need this game. It would be bad, so I think they have to come out. You know, um, probably a little more fired See, up. But I, the Dolphins have a great opportunity yeah. here. I think that's a tough spot for them. I think the Ravens are. You know, they they very well could be in an O two hole here with the with the Chiefs coming to I'm town. I'm looking at the line move. That, that didn't move at all. It was three and a half when it opened. Chiefs and the Ravens are uh, even with the. I'll loss. give you one more. The Titans. Uh, the mulligan that I took was saying that the Titans are the number one seed in the AFC. That's a bad loss, right? I mean, I know. Um, long way to go and all that, but still, that's a that's not a great loss for them. And that they, division they got yeah. hammered. That division and everything Titans was such a red flag for me. It just seemed like such a sucker bet that the Titans had, grabbing Julio Jones, um, addressing their defensive problems with Bud Dupree. Granted, coming off the ACL tear, and they um, you know Janoris Jenkins they signed basically a coin flip to win that division, a division they won last year against Carson Wentz and the Colts. Like, why is this so? And then they play Arizona. They're only like a two-and-a-half-point favor. I'm like, what is going on here? And then Arizona beats the crap out of him. Martin, what, did you, was that the most surprising team? I guess the Packers have to be the most surprising team from week one. Yeah, for me, it's definitely the Packers. Yeah. I figured – I thought the Packers – you know, silly me, I thought that a hurricane moving a team all the way to Florida, yeah. you know, would cause an impact – no impact whatsoever. I misread the emotion completely on that. And then after the game, the way that Aaron Rodgers is just so nonplussed about going out and getting his ass kicked by 35 points, it's that's concerning to me. I, that That's the biggest concern to me from week one. Well, then we find out he threw an interception because of a nut shot, right? Wasn't he saying this? On mm-hmm. McAfee, he got hit in the nuts and uh, a, a two-fister to the balls. Is that, is that why you're holding up two, baby face, Joe Solomon? Oh, yeah, that hurts. That hurts because you do it to me around the office. That's so, right. So uh, I, I can totally relate. That's the only reason we got an office, really. I was like, what? $350. A spiritual a double nut shot, though, for the Packers fans. It was his behavior after the game. Mm-hmm. I think, re- really, re- you know, little glib. It's cute. The spelling relax and everything. And, you know, you'll turn it around. That's the fallback that he has is that that's a crummy division. 
And so the Packers are still going to end up winning double-digit games and taking that division. I don't see anybody rightly going to challenge that team in that division. But it is one of those things. When they cut away from a terrible Rodgers performance for a commercial and it's him doing the emo musician guy, if I were a Packers fan, I'd be like, not funny anymore. Not at all funny. It's the same that Baker Mayfield losing a game and then cutting away to one of his hilarious in the stadium commercials. They're not cute anymore when you're on the right. losing side. Well, Rogers. it's also just not cute when your quarterback is trying out for Jeopardy and he's in Hawaii with the Pretty Little Lies actress, uh, and he's doing all the, like he's doing all this stuff that is just decidedly not football. And then he comes week one, and they lose to by 35 points. And he's like, don't worry, guys. It's a long season. Well, the only thing that game was missing was when they put Jordan Love in it. I think it was 38-3, 31-3. I was like, if he can make this 38-17, now we got – now there's rumbling about a controversy. Maybe something brewing, but no. Uh, he couldn't even do that much. I do want to give your Steelers I, – I talked about this on Against All Odds. If you like the Steelers to win the division, now is the time, plus 340 – they were plus 330, and then the Ravens lost, and it went up for some reason. Hmm. So uh, if you like this team that started 11-0 and and played lights-out defense in week one against a, uh, a solid Bills offense, I think I don't think you're going to do better than plus 340 right now. I don't want to kiss your ass, but damn. May well, have missed there. I, I do think, you know, as they say, and it's one of the worst, clumsiest uh, sort of cliches, they didn't so much win as the other team lost. Well, both things happened, as it uh, turns out, in the win-loss column. But I'm not 100% convinced, and this is not me reversing on where I was in the offseason, I'm not 100% convinced that the Bills are definitely, mm. oh, absolutely, going to be playing Kansas City for a trip to the Super Bowl in late January this year. We'll see on them. I, I Like I say, I, I, I could see them losing that game. Um it's still the Browns, though. I, I, it's a fun, I, a juicy odds on the Steelers, but it's the Browns are going to win that division. Let's keep in mind, they didn't have Odell Beckham in this game. They're not um, going to have him week two. Did you see that? He's out. Just a, just a note here. I if they, they need can, him, well, that's the other. The that's the other. I, 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 I come to you, Sal, yeah. and Martin, if you have any insights on this, I'd be interested as well. What I feel like, double-digit favorites in week two Mm. are to be avoided. And then you start going philosophically without looking at them. What are you, you're going to bet double-digit? What do you know about these teams yet? And then you start going through them one by one. You're like, oh, yeah, I got the favorites in every single one of those. Well, I'm in love with the three-team teaser. This is the one, right? I loved it. And so you could get basically at even odds. You could get the Packers to beat the Lions on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Packers need that. Right. right. Browns mm-hmm. to beat the Texans. Browns uh, obviously need that. And what was the third one? Oh, well, Tampa against this miserable Atlanta team who I always, for some reason, latch on to in the preseason. Um, that gets you a little little where maybe it's like minus 120 or something. But if you just want those three teams to win, now covering is a different story, but just those three teams to win. Who blows that, Martin? Uh, I don't think anybody blows it to all mm. win, but if you were talking about all against the spread, I would be extremely concerned about the Detroit Lions, who really? showed. In the, I mean, because they got they got a coach in Dan Campbell that's one of those big motivational guys. I don't know if right. he knows anything about calling plays or whatever, but he's going to get his guys ready to go run in. I people. think he lifts. Right, that's you what know? he does. He, I know he calls the Starbucks caps. order. Yeah, but I, like the way they came back against the 49ers, they had, didn't have a shot to win at all. But the mm. fight that that Lions team showed is the exact opposite of what the Packers showed at any point after seven minutes into the first quarter. Eh. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't know how long you ride, like, emotion. Oh, he gets brutal. fired up. Well, I'm saying you got the Packers. <laughs> he gets you got them the fired Packers, up. Like they got no problems whatsoever in the planet. And the Lions seem to be very, very fiery. I just feel like you're going to be watching this game. They're going to be down by, what, 14 points mm. and drive and score meaningless. You know, I t- hear you, but Rodgers, I mean, really has to be, you know, with whatever jive he's talking into a microphone and all that. I mean, all right. It's cute already. It's enough, Aaron. Come out and smoke this bum team already. Let's. I mean, I mean, I mean he he's got to put it on. That's uh, what uh, you would expect. That's that is what you. Well, would that's expect what I'm saying. But I, I I wouldn't not take the favorite with the points in every one of those double digit spreads. Well, Brown let me, certainly. Let right. Let me jump in here with the double digits, and this comes from Giles Gallant. Uh, seven NFL teams lost by double digits in Week One: Atlanta, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Green Bay, Giants. Bears, since 2014, 60% of the teams that lose by double digits in week one go on to cover the spread in week two and win outright 47% of the time. So that could be good for you, Spaghetti. Double-digit loser team in the Giants, the Packers we're talking about. Yeah, from 2014 to 2020, they're 29, 19, and 1. So look for teams to rebound, I guess, at least against the spread, which makes me a little leery about Atlanta. And let's face it, really, the Lions lost by double digits, but so you could kind of throw them in there, too. Falcons are, are, are uh, of the teams out there. I bet you they're the – I mean, the, the Texans are going to go up to Cleveland. It's, it's 12 and a half. That seems way too much. And then you think about, like, would you, would, would, would you bet $5 on the Texans to, to cover 12 and a half? No, no, no of no. course. They're going to get whipped. I, Tyrod Taylor revenge game. I do kind of feel like he's the most disrespected quarterback in the league. Absolutely. Like, right? Like, uh, Keep the doctors and the fans away from me, and I'll be fine. You know, um, you talked about the Bills. You picked them as America's team last year. Does that yeah. change? It's uh, yeah, it's over with. Yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah. I didn't know done. you could go from it. America has a new team every year. It do- doesn't have to be. No, the Philadelphia Eagles wore it for a couple of years uh-huh. when I de- de- declared in 2017. I mean, they weren't, but you declared it. Yeah. Well, no, they were. When Chris Long put his arm around Malcolm Jenkins, I yeah. thought that was uh, a beautiful moment for for our country, and right. I declared them America's team. And the cynics said, they're thinking about something other than football. Their chances of uh, postseason run are over. What did they do? They won the Super Bowl, validating their— It's fine. Uh, Cowboys still America's team. The bi- so who is it this year? Or is it too early to tell? I mean, America's I, team has to be— You can't change the, the eagle as a symbol of the country. Like, no, now it's going to be the turkey. Or uh, you know maybe a woodpecker in 2025. No, I love I, I love what Baker Mayfield means to Cleveland for a, for a, a sports town that has mm-hmm. sucked and embarrassed itself and tripped over itself for mm-hmm. decades and right. decades and decades. It's woeful. I like what he is for that city, his swagger and all oh. that. Can't be America's team though. He's too unlikable, right? From the outside looking in. Yeah, asking me. Cowboys are America's team. We're not changing it. You're, you're going to go over options with me? Yeah, I'll go over the other. Th- well, people teams don't like coastal teams, so I would say the Chargers. They're imminently likable. Mm. Their uniforms are glorious. Well, they play the America's glorious. team. You're not going to see a lot. Oh, of that was that. Uniforms. That was the one I forgot to <laughs> mention. There, of course, I'm looking at you. The other one who better win a game. They didn't go to the playoffs last right. year, but boy, your Cowboys, man. Good thing they're in a bum division. Uh, but that's the thing. These are out of division. Uh, games, so I don't think anyone in the NFC East has beaten the Buccaneers, and we'll see what the Chargers do. But probably no one in that, you know, Washington already lost the Chargers. So until we lose at MetLife against the Giants, or I have to say Philadelphia, they just did look faster than everybody. Hurts, and he made some smart decisions, and it got me a little worried. And we'll see that game. That's a big game against the Niners. 
but yeah, I'll, I'll be bummed if they're 0-2, but definitely not. Listen to us talking about important games. Uh, it's week two, Martin. Martin White, it's so exciting. I'd have to go. I don't understand, Shaq, why America's team right now wouldn't be the New Orleans Saints as they're bouncing literally around America with no home. All right. Jameis is very likable. I, I hear you. Addition by subtraction. The guy who added fake hair to his head is now out of their locker room, replaced by Jameis. Mm. Maybe there's another team that wears black and gold, though. I'm not ready to say it yet, but I, I, I do think that maybe we have to put them on a short list of potential America's team yeah. 2021. See, this is it. This is your I, I never have done that before. You can't charge me with being some guy. I, I, I made it but the Eagles. To, I made it the Bills. Don't tell me I'm, I'm a homer. If, if the Steelers are likable, then that's it. Like, I don't, it's on the back burner. I think you have to pick a team now. So America has no team. I now. would say, what 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 gives what is what's Pittsburgh's claim to America's team? This oh, year? don't start. Don't get me started. Don't get like me started. Martin kid. I like it. What makes them like them? Decent, you understand what they're named after, right? Steel. They're named after the heroes who forged the steel in the mid-20th century, used to make the tanks and ships that defeated the Nazi scourge. We import Well, you don't like America? Name. No, anyway. Well, you, you on Mussolini's side? What, 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 what do you mean? Steelers have been named that since the Steelers started. So why so? in 2021 is now the time to plant the flag? I can't wait. We're in a shared space, so I'll be honest with you. We're going to get kicked out. Uh, did we last the week? I don't know. We're screaming no, about keep... Nazis in a small uh, room that looks like a library. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work out. All right, so Shaq... Uh, I'm thinking about it. I don't, I'm not Shaq ready to declare. Then we're then we gotta wear it all season long. No, we don't no. want that. No, no, you can change it. Just you change it every year. You can change it every two weeks. I, I guess. suppose that's true. Or we can stick with I Cowboys, who are America's team. Hey, the Met Gala always very exciting. Do you follow this, Martin? Yeah, I missed your uh, red carpet pick, Shaq, but I did see Sierra in her jersey dress. That was I, great. This is what I want to bring up. This is Sierra. I don't know. Are I we saw able it. To bring it up be, behind us here. I wonder if there's any way. And let's uh, well, let's check in. With our resident. All right. Yeah, we're going to do it. The uniformant, he's here. Dave Damashek, the uniformant. Dave Damashek, the uniformant. Dave Damashek, the uniformant. Dave Damashek, the uniformant. All right. Uh, listen, I uh, really, my uh, my main reaction is feeling sad mm -hmm. that because I always say what do people do who don't have sports you know I feel bad for them because what sports the greatest thing they provide for us is something to look forward to they distract us from the real world and they give us this heightened sense of uh of reality an event to, to whether it's a week away or a four months away whatever this is what people look forward to is this Met Gala they love to see these fashion. I didn't. I forget about that. Oh, it's Met Gala. Oh, can't wait to see all the pics and all the like. It's not. This is any it. One of us, anyone would ever wear. I mean, even you're not cool enough to wear this stuff, right, Martin? I don't make enough money to wear that type of stuff because that's really what it boils down to. The reason why all these people are getting off wearing this stuff is because we all know that they're incredibly wealthy. So it's just like, wow, I could never afford that. Mm. That's cool looking. In reality, you would never buy it. He's already asked for a raise. I love this. Well. <laughs> What what I would say is, though, yeah. for Russell Wilson, who, you know. I mean, this is a, a Russell Wilson color rush gown, right? I think it is the greatest. I mean, you know, there's nothing better when, you're, when your lady walks around in your stuff. Like, I don't know why. Or if you're vain. I know there's nothing better. Have you experienced this? 
Well, maybe not nothing better, but it's a, <laughs> what I've said. Yeah, I've walked there. Oh, well, not in not in a sequined so, long version dress, but pedestrian loser Dave. The closest I'll get is like, oh yeah, that uh, that T-shirt that I was wearing before I had my way with you is now on you. Now, now <laughs> oh, I. Wow. Now I find this. Uh, okay. Now I find you more attractive than ever. Again, maybe that's because of my vanity, but this is a heightened version of that, there right? Is. Like a your I lady like who happens that. to be Sierra and look like Sierra is wearing you. Oh, look at that ring on her fingers! What that, a dream! That, that feels like a Super Bowl ring. And is that a purse? Is that a football purse? Or oh yeah, that's a that's football. That's a purse. It's, okay. Sal's called a clutch. Oh, a clutch, right, right. I, I mean, think you're right, Martin. Yeah. She is wearing a Super that's Bowl ring. That's a Super ring. Bowl ring. Oh, really? Oh, I see. So, I didn't notice that. Question for you. Yes. Color Rush, was Ye- should she have gone the Color Rush or like the silver? You know, those silver Seahawk jerseys? I think the green works for her. Yeah, she could have gone blue. I mean, listen, she's uh, she's Sierra. She She's an attractive woman. So, yes, I, I, I think it makes, what it serves to do is to make us envious of Russell Wilson, that he has uh, a lady who wears his clothes. I want to see Russ playing that thing. I mean, I'd maybe <laughs> it limits his rushing yards, but... You know, they say fashion moves in cycles, though, because I'd say, like, about 20, 25 years ago, jerseys, throwback jerseys, like, in the last, you know, 25 to 15 years ago, that was all anybody wanted to wear. Yeah. My cousin has, like, literally a closet of them. So I appreciate Sierra. So this could catch on, you think, something like this. Why does it? came back. Why can't jersey dresses? Yeah. Wow. Fanatics is going to make a fortune. Like, what's the cheapest version of that dress? Oh, who the hell is going to wear that? Who are we kidding? Where the hell, where would you wear that? No one's wearing that to the Emmys. The only person I can see wearing something like that is Jennifer Lopez, but maybe it's just because I have this image of her in the green dress. I don't know why somebody doesn't go nude already. Like, this is, it seems like that's, it's all about being risque. Mm-hmm. Just put, like, a bow on top of your head and go nude otherwise. Right. Maybe I'll do that if I get invited. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be something right. to look forward Dave to. Dave is going to go nude at the Met Gala, and he's going to, that's where he'll gonna, announce his uh, America, new America's team. Definitely make sure to miss your red carpet picture then. Yeah, there you go. Uh... All right, let's play the uniform and song again. Dave Damashek, the uniformant. Dave Damashek, the uniformant. Dave Damashek, the uniformant. Dave Damashek, the uniformant. I like that. Shout out to the Cincinnati Bengals, by the way. Congratulations. A real upgrade, subtle upgrade, but they look infinitely better in their new game. Uniforms. Yeah, yeah. What works? They can't go back now. Um, guess who can go back? Urban Meyer. And there's talk about uh, it already. After week one, he lost. Uh, his Jacksonville Jaguars lost to the Texans, who were expected to be the worst team in the NFL. And he's already rumored, along with about 35 other candidates, to replace Clay Helton at USC. Uh, I want to see it. I don't want to see it. I can't imagine that he said, I'll be here in Jacksonville for years, so long as I don't lose to the Houston Texans in week one. I don't think that's how it goes, and yet we've seen he's about as fickle a figure as a, we've ever seen in sports. Ah, I get it, Luke. Mm-hmm. Fit. Oh, no, yeah. you're talking different. Um, I don't uh, – I, I sincerely – and people scoffed over the last, whatever, 48 hours when I've been saying this. Like, why would USC want this guy? Mm. At this point, isn't, isn't the track record pretty clear uh, at the first sign of adversity that he's going to bounce? That's what you yeah. want, USC? I, I – I think there are better choices. And also, the mistake that USC has made over and over and over again is, you know, it's the Patino thing with the Celtics of Parrish and Bird aren't walking through that door. It's sort of like, 
Well, we did well when Pete Carroll was here, so let's just recreate that by hiring his assistants. Like, no, the thing you need to do is follow that model, which is you're USC, you're in Los Angeles, a football-rich environment. Hire an NFL coach. You're a football powerhouse. What you need is a guy who's like, oh, yeah, I got the NFL roots. It's already an attractive place to come and play if you're 17. NFL to college. Get an NFL guy. That's why Pete Carroll worked, because it was like, yeah, I'm a pipeline for you. I know how it works. I'll I'll see to it that you wind up uh, playing on Sundays. This is what they need. Take your pick. I don't care who it is. Cowherd said uh, Doug Peterson. That would work. I mean, I know that sounds uninspired to your ear. He'd recruit the hell out of yeah. uh, Southern Cal, though. I think Martin Weiss should decide. USC grad, recent USC grad, right? Yeah. Grad uh, school. Not grad. too long ago. Yeah, just got yeah. my master's in specialized journalism. And when I was at USC, they settled a pretty big lawsuit for about $850 million mm. that I feel like if you just look at Urban Meyer's resume and why he left Ohio State, Right. It may not be the best idea to try to hire Urban Meyer. Right. And it's just it's crazy. It was just in May of yeah. 2021. They gave you a degree. They've done crazy enough crazy things for you. <laughs> I right? mean, you know, questionable decisions all around. Absolutely. Hey, no questionable decisions on FanDuel. I'll tell you that much. NFL's back. FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 <laughs> risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay bet. With three legs or more, and if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. Yes, Ravens, Chiefs, you could do, what's a three-game parlay, the the three-leg parlay? You could do Mahomes over passing yards, you could do Tyreek Hill over receiving yards, and you could take the Chiefs minus three and a half. Do that. That's probably going to win. I, I might might do that. I don't know. I just, That's a scary I, I just game. Over to my, That's uh, a my really head. tough one that everybody has decided that the Chiefs are going to win, mm. but... I, you know, I, uh, we do need to see that. I know I 10 minutes ago just said, I don't buy the Ravens as a, as a legit contender this year. Well, I want to go over, I want to go over. Fandle's got a great thing, but mm. if you're new to Fandle, I just want to say offering a risk-free thousand dollar bet. If you prefer that, just sign up with promo code extra points and your first bet loses, you get up to a thousand dollars back in site credit. That's promo code extra points, 21 or over present in Arizona, Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. See the terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. If you have a gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fandle.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, the Tennessee red line, one 800 888 9789. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Next step to 53342. That's what you text in Arizona. Sheck, you mentioned these Chiefs. I think they're better than ever. I do. I think that Browns hmm. team is good. I think the Chiefs are great. And there are odds on when they will lose their first game. Now, you must think that they're going to lose their first game at the Chargers because That's you correct. pick the Chargers – to win the division. Plus 460. Chargers will hand the Chiefs their first loss. I will not be stunned if the Ravens take them down, though, in week two. Mm. I mean, the Chiefs are not... I know Honey Badger is back in week two, and that's a major absence for that defense. I could... uh, You know, over the long haul, what is clearly shaping up, and I feel bad saying it after all the, the, the spate of injuries for the Ravens, but I was saying that all summer long... 
it's just going to be too much pressure on Lamar Jackson to carry the load. He's got to carry the the team now, yeah. and that's just going to prove to be diminishing returns. Can he, he do it his though? Load for all the way to the uh, the locker room in that Monday night. Yeah. yeah, please, scatological Sal. Come on. Um, I listen. I could see Lamar Jackson in one sixty-minute stretch vanquishing the Chiefs, but. I'll say the Chiefs get over in week two, and then they get it handed so to them by the Chargers. So if they win that game and you're going to the Chargers, right? Uh, right. The Chiefs are, oh, actually, the Chiefs are home for that week three. I screwed that up. Chiefs oh, it's, it's, uh, that makes it's sense that they would LA be. Chargers. Right. So you still like that? Or yep. You, are you th- okay. Yep. All right. So you have them plus 460. They'll probably be about two, four, plus 240 in the regular game. Or you could take it now and bet that they'd survive the Ravens and then lose to the Chargers at plus 460. I'm taking a wild swing here. I don't think it happens till week 10 at Las Vegas. The team I think lost you're crazy. 32 to 1. Well, there's always a team that's 9 and 0, and if you look at anyone's schedule, like, oh, they're not going 9 and 0. There's always a team, right, 8 or 9. You wouldn't have thought your Steelers would be 11 and 0 looking at their schedule last year. No, right? but look at the Chiefs' schedule. There are okay. just so many pitfalls along the way. It's not that they play a tough team Not between really, now yeah, and there. They have yeah, many Green tough Bay games. Here. I get it. Bills are on there. I just think they're uh, they're going to roll. Martin, you have an opinion on this? Yeah, I'm not like Sheck. I'm not going to be. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the Chiefs are going to lose on oh. Sunday to the Ravens. Whoa. I don't fun. know. What is that? And, you know, it might rain. You know, nobody needs that. I'm going to go ahead and call them a shot. Wow. I just looked at all those Derek Carr behind that throws it with three yards behind the uh, receiver. And it's like, that's not going to happen with Mahomes. So, um, I don't know. It's, I, I it's more of, honestly, it's more defense. of a Chiefs fade. The Chiefs eight and one of their last regular season games and then one and eight against the spread in their last, what, nine regular season games. And if you look at it, like, mm-hmm. Cleveland should have beat them. If the punter punched the ball, you know, if he doesn't just fumble that and give him a touchdown, and then it all just yeah. fell off the rails. It's now it. a season. Well, actually, if you go back to the Super Bowl that they won, Jimmy G hits that pass, the most uh, discussed uh, incompletion probably in the last uh, decade in pro football. Um, from that game till, and matter of fact, even in the playoff no, run, they were the getting way down. They were getting way down to everybody. They play with. They've been playing with fire for a long time now. The, all last season, they were yeah. playing. They, th- their defense can't stop anybody in big spots. I'm. They're. No, I, mean, I just don't buy the Chiefs. As I, they're obviously Patrick Mahomes is the best and everything, but that defense, man. That you pay a guy that kind of bank and you load them up with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and otherwise. There are going to be some weak spots on your roster. It's the defense. No, they're one of the few teams that can score 21 points in a quarter mm-hmm. on, just on offense, right? Just, right? You give them three possessions, they can score three touchdowns. So, but Baltimore, the way they're going to run the ball, even though the left tackle's terrible and they have no running backs, they still rush for, what, 180-some yards against the Raiders? So I think that the Ravens could get up and just kind of hold the ball as long as Lamar it's, Jackson would slide. It's the Odell Beckham one-handed catch thing. The, the, the Chiefs are a victim of their own success. Oh, the, Odell Beckham, we've never seen that before. Then as soon as he does it, then a bunch of guys start doing it all the time. This is the way the NFL goes. You know who else can put 21 on the board in a quarter? Every other team in the no, NFL. No, that's not true. The Bills. I mean, good teams. I'm not talking about garbage teams. Yeah. No, even good teams have trouble. Don't have that uh, firepower. The Chiefs do. And also. Chargers do. I don't know. The Ravens. You could could double, triple team, uh, you know, Darren Waller. You can't do that with Travis Kelsey because you got other dynamite receivers. Bring me the best in the league and Tyreek Hill. Uh, we got to get in a feel for baseball because Mookie Wilson's waiting for us. Oh. I think he's calling from his RV or something. This is great. Uh, pick of the day, FanDuel.com slash extra points. Cardinals under three and a half runs. 
Maybe I'm biased with the Mets documentary and everything. Mets are three and a half out of a uh, wild card spot. Now, now we're chasing the wild card. Now it's like the division is too far out with a couple weeks left. But the Cardinals under three and a half runs. Tyler McGill, three runs or fewer in four of his last six starts. He had a good seven innings and a winning against the Yanks on Friday. Cools off those Cardinal bats with like 25 hits or something in two games. Cardinals under three and a half. Mets win it 4-2. Shaq, pick of the week. Pick of the day. Fun. I, I also chose to honor your Metropolitans, even though I hate them because they caused me uh, a fair amount of pain. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the double whammy, the two teams who left New York and now play in California, both now safely into the postseason. The small matter or unsmall matter of who is in first place um, is everything now. I still say the Dodgers are going to get them, come from two and a half down to do it, in part because tonight Joe Musgrove for the Padres pitches against Dominic Leone. I don't like this weird thing that the Giants do with starting middle relievers for yeah. two innings or whatever. Meantime, Merrill Kelly pays a visit to Chavez Ravine against Julio Urias. Um, if you parlay the um, if you parlay the Padres and uh, and the Dodgers plus one fifty seven. Interesting. All right, we're in the baseball mood now. This is America's team, the eighty six Mets. American hero Mookie Wilson coming up. All right, our guest today was responsible for the greatest moment of my youth, aside from making out with Kelly Caffrey in sixth grade on the side of her house for four minutes, 26 seconds. We timed it on my Casio. You could see him and many of his other lunatic 86 Mets teammates in parts three and four tonight of Once Upon a Time in Queens, ESPN, 8 p.m. Eastern, World Series champion and New York Mets Hall of Famer, Mookie Wilson. What's happening, Mookie? Hey, man, I'm doing great, man. All things are beautiful. Life is good. Life is good. Life is good, and life was great last night when the parts one and two aired. Did you watch it last Were you able to watch? Yes, I watched it last night. Um, me, um, me and the family, we watched it. Um, it was very entertaining. And it, and I tell you, some a little insightful and some, a lot of things I forgot. <laughs> but memory came back really fast, man. But it was great. I thought it did a very, very good job. Tell me one thing that you forgot that that jumped on, uh, jumped out at you. Well, I forgot how. Um, well, I, I, well, I shouldn't say forgot, mm-hmm. but um, little situations like when Keith was in a slump. I don't, I, I don't ever remember Keith being in a slump. He was that good. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't remember Keith. But when it did bring it back when he was struggling at a point in time right there. So. Um, that was the one thing. And, you know, how Doc lost his first game and how he struggled there a little bit. Right. And I forgot how I forgot how that all that transpired. So, you know, it brought back memories and stuff. It was good. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. It was such a great bunch. And you're terrific. And uh, Ed Lynch, who wasn't part of that 86 team, <laughs> was commenting on your feet. He actually said you wore your older brother's sneakers and it screwed up your feet. It gave you the worst feet in Major League Baseball <laughs> history. Is, is that true? How did you overcome that? You still ended up being the, the fastest guy in the league. Uh, uh, I did have um, – I had some uh, surgery done to my toes. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, the two big toes actually, and I had I did have the nail completely removed, um, but I had that done like in double A. Uh, Lynch was pitching with Texas at the time, you know. But Lynch and I were um, college teammates mm-hmm. at University of South Carolina, so you know, so he he may have exaggerated a little bit on it, but um, the point was there. I did have surgery on my feet. 
So <laughs> it's all good. Mookie, I don't want to get in the way of this love fest. I, I sincerely appreciate the moment that this is for Sal here to get Thank to you. be talking to one of his boyhood heroes here. So I don't want to interrupt too much. But my question is, first of all, when's the last time you were called William or Bill or Will or otherwise? <laughs> I have no idea. No one ever calls me William. I mean, I just, you know, um, I, I don't. I think Frank Howard was the last person that called me William on a regular basis, and he did it. I mean, that's the way he calls me. You know, Frank Howard did. But other than that, no one called me William. Matter of fact, when they do, I don't answer because I don't know if they're talking to me or not. Right. So, if you were, this one call me Mookie. What if yeah. you were Bill Wilson? Yeah. Would that play have happened? <laughs> Does it go the same way? The big fucking play. To be honest with you, um, I, I, if I said things would have been different, then that means that Mookie is some magical name, you know. <laughs> and I've never was one for that. I believe that um, everything that happened, you know, in my career and in my life was a reflection of something I did or said. And I would like to think that no matter what. I was called, whether it was William, Bill, Willie, whatever. It, um, nothing would have been different. By the way, I may add, I always rejected people calling me Will or, or, or Bill or Willie. I always corrected them when they did that. Is that right? <laughs> well, we, we're, we're yeah. going to have to agree to disagree on that because Mookie is magical. That's a pretty good name, you got to say. The person and the name I, is magical, yeah. I believe. I, I must admit that um, there is something special. I've always enjoyed it. I thought it was just... It's more of a personality. I don't know if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. but it's more of a personality than a than a nickname. And um, actually, it was it is part of my legal name. I've had it um, legally inserted my name. I had that done right out of high school, though. Nice. So, let me ask you this. Yeah. So, I mean, because we're talking about it, that game six, you had a ten pitch at bat against Bob Stanley, mm-hmm. and it was a yeah a, a battle of the wills right it really it lasted nearly five yeah. minutes yeah bad you he just, said don't call him will i told you that <laughs> you, did, well, you did not want to strike out you were not going to strike out under any circumstances you go we'll, we'll learn tonight in parts three and four every batter's like i didn't want to make the last act out kevin mitchell ray yeah. Knight, gary carter you the same you're hit you hit that ground or you're flying down the baseline what's going through your head well well first of all the whole thing is I didn't think I was going to get a chance to, to hit, to be honest with you. And then once my time come up to hit, I had to readjust my whole, all my thinking. I had to now get back into the game and my thought process. And, and all these guys just got hits. I'm saying, hey, I'm not making the last out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not making the last out. I am not going to do that. And I was just swinging at everything you threw up. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. If he threw it five feet off the plate, I was going to swing it. I was going to get a bat on it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was when he threw the wild pitch, things changed. I went from don't make the last out to don't strike out. Mm-hmm. That this this what I figured I had to put the ball in play to give myself a chance. I couldn't lose the game anymore. The game was tied. You know, only thing I could do is win. In other words, I played with house money, plain and simple. Yep. So um, after the wild pitch, he throws me a pitch. I actually should have hit a lot better than what I did. It was a low pitch, middle end, which is a left hand hitter's dream, mm-hmm. and it was down just perfect for me. And I rolled over it. 
And you want to know what went through my mind, though. That I'm getting to that point. I said some things that I never said before and I probably never say again. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to ask you. you know. <laughs> I, I do want to ask you, Mook. Had uh, he fielded it cleanly, would you have beat yeah. it to the base? He had bad legs. He was <laughs> yeah. not out there for defensive purposes, obviously. He was, you know, kind of at the end of his career. Do you beat him to the bag if he fields it cleanly? Well, Bill and I, we had this conversation many times. We actually watched the video together. Mm-hmm. And we both agreed that even if you catch that ball, he's not going to beat me to the bag. Nice. You know, so that's that's just not my opinion. That's our opinion collaborated together and we came to that conclusion so and bob stanley should have covered what wasn't covering first he's he's the guy he's the real culprit along with rich gedman right but mookie i this play is it's got to be a kind of a weird trip and obviously a positive ultimately for for your life that Uh everything is this one play in your life i'm sure you've had this conversation countless times is there kind of like a a one-hit wonder band that you had one great song that everybody wants to hear and you're like hey i actually think my second (laughs) and third songs were even better let me play those for you here's your chance now is there a game is there a play you made that you feel like because of this iconic play obscures your greater effort in uh, in Major League Baseball? I think that there are quite a few. All right. Um, I can name two, two of my top plays that I thought was just fantastic. Um, I think it was 81. We were playing, matter of fact, we were playing in St. Louis Cardinals and we we're at Shea Stadium and um, I'm playing center field. And Tito Landrum hits a five ball to center field on a day game. And the sun was a little bad, so I had on the sunglasses. And I would put, pull the glasses down, but the glasses didn't come completely like it was supposed to. And long story short, I ended up missing the ball. Tito gets inside the park home run, put the St. Louis Cardinals up a run, going to the bottom of the inning. So going into the bottom of the, going to the, bottom of the inning, Frank Tavares, it's already two outs. Frank Tavares gets a hit, a bunt hit, by the way. And then I'm coming up to hit. So now we've down to run. We got to run on first base. And I'm facing Bruce Suter. And I hit a two-run homer mm. in, in the bullpen. That play right there, that's when I say, man, you belong. That play sticks with me right now day because I made the error to give them the lead. Now, how many times did that happen? You make an error, give them a lead, and you get at the winning run. Mm-hmm. That just don't happen too often. And against Bruce Suter. Bruce Suter yeah, was the man. Oh, he was unhittable back then. Bruce, you forget how good Bruce Suter was. And he's in the Hall of Fame. So I can also say I got a whole run for Hall of Famer. Two of them is a That's what I'm here to celebrate. Play. That's what I'm going to celebrate going forward, Mookie. Not this ground yes, ball sir. business. Yeah. Yeah. But then the other play was outstanding. And not the thing that's great about this play, I did it twice in one week against two separate teams. Scored from second base on the infield out. I did it twice oh, wow. against the St. Louis Cardinals and against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, nice. That was a yeah. pretty, that's pretty spectacular. Okay, back to the ground ball. Um, <laughs> you, you and Bill Buckner were able to, you know, he was able to make light of this and actually make money off of this. You sat at very, yeah. how many autograph shows did you sit at and sign? Because I know I have one and I know a lot of my oh. friends and thousands, but he was able um, to laugh it off basically, right? I don't know how much you guys were paid for this, but you spent a lot of time together afterwards, right? We spent a lot of time in there. We did a lot of charity stuff together. We did a lot of appearances together. Um, some 
you know, freebies and some were paid. As for that picture, we didn't do a lot of card shows together. We had a, um, we did that in a private signing um, situation with Steiner Sports. And we would go to Steiner Sports and we would sit down, you know, for half a day. And we will sign that photo. Um, don't ask me how many. I quit counting. That was about a million. I don't know how many. <laughs> so I don't, I, you know. But it was um, it was like their best seller for like five years. And we had this exclusive contract. So, yeah, we, we signed quite a few of them. Made a few dollars. Bill Bill laughed about it. He said, son, <laughs> put his two kids to college with that money. So, <laughs> so it worked out great for both of us. But it must have uh, – did you feel bad for him in a sense all over again? Like when you have – there must have been some wise-ass people coming up to Bill Buckner and they had to deal with a few comments here and there, right? Or was it all pleasant? No, I, no you know baseball fans. You always got somebody that's going right. to, you know, try to, you know, think, show that they think they know more than everybody else. And, yeah, we've had a couple of situations where – and Bill has always been good. He has never, you know, retaliated to anyone. Anyone has said he's been very gracious, except this one time, this one guy. Um, it's like maybe been two years before he passed away. We are at someplace up in Albany, New York, and this guy wanted the autograph. And it was a small event. It wasn't a big event, a very small event. And the guy came in and said he wanted the autograph. He paid to have, a, you know – inscription put on his picture or whatever it was a picture and what he wanted to build to put on there bill said I, i'm not gonna write this on there i'll put whatever you want but i'm not gonna write that and the guy got really obnoxious and nasty and wanted got in bill's face wanted bill to hit him you know and really? um you know i told bill i'll hit him for you you just let <laughs> me hit him i'll hit him you know what do you got you know but that's what he was looking for he ended up getting thrown out of the you know he got thrown out of the uh the whole event yeah. And the people who were running were very good about it. And that's the only issue that was got really out of hand was that one time. And the guy was a lawyer, believe it or not. Mm. <laughs> oh, I was sure it was going to, the story ended with it being Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what was going to go. Uh, Mookie, I'm, I, I'm fascinated by the, the first hour of the documentary because yeah. it talks about the lean years and I'm a, a big fan of the yeah. journey and that's what makes you savor the reaching the peak yeah. of the mountain so much, uh, so much sweeter and all that. What is it like? I, you know, baseball versus football is a, for instance, okay. You know, you play every week every day being on a bum team. What is yeah. it? How do you get up for that? Because Keith Hernandez mentions you as a guy who was able to do that and keep working hard. What is it like though? I mean, it's not like one season. You were on a number of yeah. bum teams before yeah. the corner started to turn. Oh, there. that's not what this is about. Check. Right. Well, so listen, it is you, part of it. <laughs> you have no idea how hard that was. That was really, really hard. But, you know, I counted baseball as being this, this something that is a rare pleasure. Um, I came from a small town in South Carolina. And by all statistical data, I wasn't even supposed to be there, plain and simple. You know, you know, I, I was black. I was from a, a large family of 12 people. I was from the South. And I went from a, a small town, had 500 people. I mean, come on. That, that wasn't supposed to happen. So I was not going to let things around me dictate how I was going to be perceived by other people. And my father told me that a long time ago, that everybody's being judged for what you do, not people around you, not even your situation. It's always about you. And I took that to heart. And I wanted people to understand that I wanted them to know that cheering for me was worth it. It was worth the effort. 
And no, I wasn't the greatest hitter, you know, and a pretty good fielder, above average, way above average. Should have won a gold glove, but he never gave me mm-hmm. one. That's another story to sell. <laughs> um, and I was a, Swiss, a free swinger. But the one thing that I could do that they couldn't take away from me was my speed. Right. And I wanted people to enjoy that part of the game, which I, I thought I excelled in. And that kept me going every single day because we were bad. <laughs> we were bad. <laughs> well, we enjoyed it. And not just for that play. I mean, Mookie was many times voted the most popular Met of all time. You know, maybe not the greatest. You know, Tom Seaver is the greatest. He gets all the accolades. Mookie was beloved yeah. by everyone. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, Mookie. But I will tell yeah. you something. That my favorite shot of the whole documentary comes up in episode four. And I don't even know that I've never seen it. I don't know that you've seen it. And it was a rogue, a rogue cameraman is behind you after the Buckner play and follows uh-huh. you from the dugout through the tunnel and into uh-huh. the locker room where we see four or five guys like undressed because they had given up on it. And Keith Hernandez admits yeah. it's one of his biggest regrets giving <laughs> up on it. He makes the second out and goes right to the clubhouse. They're down three. Yeah. But then when the hits started coming, he's like, nobody move. He was drinking a beer in Davey Johnson's office. And you're passing Bob Ojeda, who's in a towel, and Keith Hernandez, and and guys yeah. who are just in the, the – and wait till you see this shot. It's like Goodfellas. I don't know if you've seen Goodfellas, but it's like moving through the Copacabana. It's continuous for a minute and a half and i think you're gonna lose your mind you're gonna have so much fun seeing it it was go. it's going to be i'm i can't wait to see that part of it yeah. because like I, I was on the field and i knew what was going what was happening but to have a visual of it i don't know i can imagine Keith sitting in was always with a beard though that i can imagine <laughs> i guess we're <laughs> lucky it was just the beard. yeah right <laughs> Uh, wow. I mean, I, I feel like I owe you so much for bringing me such joy in my childhood. Can we hire you? What, what else are you able to do? I'll, just, just whatever you could do. I'll, well, do you, are you good at accounting? Can, can you run no. payroll? I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm not good at that. I, you know, I was in school. I, you know, good, good student. Um, I, I don't like sitting down. I like being active and stuff. I am. I, I love public speaking. Okay. Um, love it to death. I'm an I'm an ordained minister, mm-hmm. and um, so those kind of things. I love dealing with people. I love you know associating with people, and hopefully something that I've learned through the years can help someone else get through rough spot. Because I've seen a lot of good things and a lot of bad things. Okay, you and, love dealing with people. Maybe we could have you fire someone if we need if that. <laughs> Right? I'm not good at firing people oh, now. I'm man. not good at that. I'm, I, you know, I'm not good at firing people. <laughs> okay. If, if, in other words, if I had a business and stuff, yeah. I have to bring somebody in to do that. I swing somebody to do dirty work. I can't. I, can't, I don't I think gotcha. I can do that. All right. Well, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to figure something out for you for sure. Uh, because uh, again, <laughs> we owe you big. Hey, your family released a gospel CD, right? Yes, and believe it or not, we released a gospel. CD, mm-hmm. and guess who wrote song on it? Oh, you're breaking up. Unless you're singing gospel there. I can't tell. Sorry. I did. Oh, there you are. Okay. I wrote every song on, on, on the CD. Yes, I did. You did. You wrote I every did single song. I did it as a hop. Yes. I wrote every single song. Where, can we, where can we get it? Um. Wow. I don't even know if it's in print anymore, okay. um, but I tell you what I can do. I can send you one. 
Okay, I'm gonna look it up. I, I, I want to buy it. I want to buy it if I can. And uh, yes, yeah, so either but way, we'll get it. I tell you what. Yeah. Um, text me your address. Okay. You don't have to buy one. I will mail you one. I feel like you've given me enough for free, but I appreciate Look, it. Hey. Man, I got a, I got a closet full of. I'm trying to give them away. <laughs> 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 I think it's obvious here, Sal and Mookie. Yeah. The the idea if you are a songwriter, yeah. what you can contribute is a theme song for this show. Oh, what about great. an extra point song that's or something great. like that? If we write a song, would you, would you be able to sing it and we'll pay you top dollar? Like now, the one thing $50. I can sing a little bit. Yeah, perfect. I can sing a little bit. Yeah, I can I can sing a little bit. Have you ever been asked to sing the, the anthem at a ballpark? Like they should have you at City Actually, Field. Actually, yeah. I sung um, God Bless America um, one day, uh, myself and Lenny Harris. Yeah, oh. we, we sung God Bless America one day. Nice. Yeah. All right. We're going to yeah. figure something out for you, Mookie. Thank you again. Terrific part three, parts three and four, Once Upon a Time in Queens. Yeah. Airs tonight, yeah. ESPN, 8 p.m. Eastern, World Series champ and New York yeah. Mets Hall of Famer, Mookie Wilson. Thank you so much for coming on. Man, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a blast. All right. Take care, Mookie. I mean, a delightful fella. Sure. And also, Bill Buckner catches a break by that being the guy who hits the ball. If it, You know, he is such a sunny, has oh, such yeah. a sunny disposition. If he doesn't have that, you wonder how that breaks for Buckner if, it, yeah. if, it's, if the heat on him is even worse. And I also think for the Metropolitan's locker room, you could tell pretty combustible personalities oh, in there. Yeah. He had to be a settling force in there. When Gary Carter, that's the big revelation of the documentary, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, is that the teammates kind of, reg- I thought from the outside looking in, well, Gary Carter's the man. Like, that's who they're all looking up to. You realize, oh, no, it's Keith Hernandez. It and- goes back and forth. You'll see tonight, some of the guys say that uh, Ray Knight was the leader. And, yeah, right. You know, I saw some of that yeah, teased so a little yeah, bit so that that's going to be the guy. That and some point to Mookie. It just uh, it's it's just such a collection of characters. And I've said it before, like they won 108 regular season games. I'm like, wow, how did this team not win every game? And then on the other hand, how did they even make it to the ballpark every day? It's just so much uh, so much lunacy. Um, behind the scenes, but uh, Mookie's great. We have to hire him for something. We had. That, I just told you what. I think you're right. Let's get a nice song from him. That'd I be know. fun. I, it's a nice. I know. I, I want to. I want him to be here every day with us, though. Now that we have offices, I don't know. Maybe right. is that where he's driving? <laughs> he's in a camper. I mean, we, if we do that, now you're opening things up, and then yeah. we have to get the Cobra Dave Parker. All I mean, right. fair's fair. That's true. All right. I don't know what uh, the Cobra does around here, but we'll figure something out. Let's look into that baby face. I hate to um, switch to such a downer um, after Mookie, but uh, let's talk Norm McDonald for a second. Um, I've met him a few times at a couple parties. I've spoken to him about sports gambling at hmm. length. And, you know, people like with, with these comics or actors or something like, hey, do a deep dive into, you know, the Norm's, you know, his, his comedic um, repertoire. It's like, you don't have to. Because I received like 40 texts with clips yesterday. And I guess it depends on your friends and how many chains you're on and your sense of humor. But I don't know that – I don't want to speak too, too highly of like – but I don't know if another comic will get such accolades in the sense that his best stuff is being passed around, you know, a day after now. It's two dozen, three dozen. Like, oh, my God, I've seen this. I have to see it again. Oh, this is different. I never saw this. A great uh, A-plus talk show guest. But um, – 
What were your feelings about Norm McDonald? Died 61 years old. Very sad. It is very sad. First thought of our mutual hilarious pal, uh, the J-Man, Josh Gardner, who was kind of his um, his protege and right. really comedically mm-hmm. uh, pretty close to him. Um, and I got the work about like 11, 12 years ago on his Comedy Central pilot. Right. And you, you know me, I'm a head case. And so walking into any comedy room, you, you and I uh, got to sit in the Kimmel room together forever, a daily intimidation for me to sit among world-class comedians. So extra so with Norm MacDonald. And he was like, I, I can't do a Norm. It makes me do my Corolla, mm. which obviously Family Guy figured out too. But because uh, yeah. death was first Norm and then it was uh, Corolla. Mm-hmm. Which is how it's going to go in this case again, mm-hmm. uh, in real in real terms. But um, he um, he, we're sitting there, and he's like he's like we got to have people on this show who know the important stuff, like who scored the game the the series winning goal in '72 to beat the Soviet Union. And I said Paul Henderson, and and from then on, whether or not I belong there comedically, at least we got along on that level. And so we sat around watching sports, and it was the year that. Your pal Romo got hurt, got knocked out of a game when the Cowboys were already lousy, and he got locked. Out, he got knocked out, right. and we made a bet sitting there that night for I think a C note uh, that like let's. Uh, he, I, he's like he's like I don't think the Cowboys are going to score again, or the Giants are going to score again, or the Cowboys are score again. We made a bet, however it went. I ended up losing. I give him his money. And uh, the next morning, I wake up to a cell phone message from Norm McDonald, and I thought it was a joke. It was sincere. It's like, I, I, I got to give you your money back. I'm not allowed to make any bets on any level anymore. It just, it just always gets me in trouble. So really? I'm giving you your money back. And so Norm McDonald gave me $100 back. That's my, uh, that's wow. my Hollywood story that, that. that I made a bet with Norm McDonald <laughs> and lost to him. Norm wins a bet, finally, and gives the money back. I love it. Uh, there are stories of Norm like sending. I think he got screwed over by a bookie, and I've talked to Artie Lang about their es- mm. escapades. It's terrific, but he got screwed over by a bookie, and then would like send like production assistants with briefcases full of cash to Vegas to bet like Tiger Woods to win a tournament. When Tiger Woods was like two to one odds to win um, like the the PGA Championship or something. Martin Weiss, you younger. You're younger, right? I am. Younger. You're still yes. younger. I know this is a longer podcast. What What are your thoughts? Do you People of your age, your generation, remember Norm Macdonald? I mean, I know, speak, not to speak out of turn, but I know Eddie Spaghetti, the big comedy fan himself, yeah. you know, I saw him tweet, you know, mm-hmm. at the moment, some expletives, like Norm was the best. Yeah. I was aware of Norm Macdonald. I didn't really follow him too much, but over the last 48 hours, I have been exposed to a ton. Like, he's, I saw him spend four minutes talking about moths in a podiatrist's office. Yeah. He found it hilarious <laughs> this morning. That was a Conan interview. There's a ton of them on Conan. He does Kimmel, obviously Letterman. I mean, anyone who can make Letterman laugh like he did is just, um, you, you know, they're top notch. And uh, yeah, Norm's going to be missed. Kept it secret. I've not ever heard of anyone keeping cancer secret for a decade, right? Let alone a celebrity. I mean, yeah, that that's crazy. But you know, the you know, professionally, you know, the what he did as a as a comedian is rightly being hailed. And I do mm-hmm. think. For what it, I, you're exactly right. I forget who I saw put it on social media, but there's no need for big homages with it beyond just like here, watch this clip. That's about as good as you could have if that's what you're doing for your careers, trying to be funny, and it'd be just a, a slew of those rolling out are uh, are great. And somebody asked, "Is it our pal? Uh, in fact, Coley uh, from Barstool floated. Is he the most popular among professional funny people?" 
is he the most highly regarded? And I, uh, I, you know, I throw it to you, you know, I, I, to me, I, I'm always, I consider myself a fly on the wall the, for the last 20 years getting to think watch I, these people come around. I think it's him or Tracy Morgan. Oh, I was going to say him or Chappelle, but, uh, but in, in, with regard to just passing along bits and stories and stuff. Mm. And I, I don't think we'll see that with Jerry Seinfeld, obviously brilliant and more established in a bigger name and uh, made a shit ton more money. But I don't, I don't think his observations will, I don't know. It's all depends on the sense of humor. It just isn't like who makes, who, I mean, I'm not saying this because you're sitting uh, two feet away from me. I've seen you crack up some of the funniest people in the world, and that's the greatest thing of all. If you get a chuckle out of of anybody, you hold on to those vainly forever. At least I certainly do. But I I, I look forward to doing it for the first time. I assume I'll hold on to it. But um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen Corolla do some of that. But Norm, I've, I mean, just, doubles over Conan and Jimmy mm-hmm. and uh and Letterman on down I mean right. I, I I don't know and maybe Tracy Morgan but yeah he's he is uh by, among other funny people I think held up there in the on the yeah. short list as as one of the goats well he'll be missed check him out or just you know stay by your phone someone will text you something within hmm. the next 20 minutes something great that Norm did uh rest in peace 61 years old yeah hate to end it on a downer hey how about this Go to our Extra Points Arcade, extrapoints.com slash arcade. Lots of free-to-play games. There's a pick'em contest. There's a prop culture Emmy edition, uh, prop quiz. Damashek won it last week. We can't let it happen again. Mookie's probably going to make a song about it at some point soon. Yes. So. Yeah, Mookie's going to make a nice gospel song. We're going we're gonna to hire Mookie. We have Martin Weiss is on board, Babyface Joel Solomon, Spaghetti, Meatballs, Thank you all. And just a reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like an underdog, but please remember, you're all my favorites.